Welcome to Consciously Uncurated. I'm Leslie. And I'm Michelle. And we are excited to invite you into our beautiful, messy lives. This will be a space to talk about the real stuff. Think of it as rent a best friend, and we can be here for when you need us, and we will talk, share, and laugh together. We hope this podcast can be a place to give women permission to be human, to feel, and to lean in. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Good to be here. Good to be here with you as well. Let's get to this so really interesting topic. Yes. I want you to just unpack for me what you were just telling me. Okay, here we go. I think it would be so beneficial for me to hear what my girlfriends, how they perceive me. But would you? Yes, I would. So here's the thing. A group of us ladies were together and we were talking about me dating again. It's been a very long time. It's been eight years. I haven't been with another person. Too much information. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, dear. We were all talking of like, what are you afraid of? Are you, what are you looking for? All of these questions that are typical, whatever. Please back it up. Yeah. Okay. You've actually been trying to date. I have been trying to date. And I know you can't see this. This is radio. This is not video. Michelle (laughs) is one of literally physically one of the most beautiful women Uh, I know. Okay. Well, thank you. She is strikingly beautiful, Uh dark hair, blue eyes, gorgeous smile. Okay. Okay. I know I love her. So she seems beautiful to me, but. For you in the listening audience, mm-hmm. need to know that this is a very, and you hear her, she's smart, talented, and she is physically beautiful. Why, thank you. You're welcome. Well done, by the okay. way. Just receiving okay, I'm just going to think that I'm trying very hard. Good job. Okay. That's a whole other topic. So, this whole dating thing has not been without trying. I have been trying. I have tried the dating apps. Okay. Which is. Well, I have tried um, having friends, a few friends set me up with someone that they know. Including me. Including you. Yeah. Almost all of us have. Okay. Yeah. Have given some sort of, yeah. So yes, it's not for lack of trying. Could I be doing it every single day? Sure. But. The trying part. The trying part. (laughs) Let me just say. It's just, okay. Let me just say that if you have an option to be set up by your friends, I promise you it is much better than going on a dating app because I think being set up by your friends, there's a whole different level of accountability. You know, and I think that's pretty much any anybody's wanting that regardless. That accountability carries a lot more weight. But your friends have approved this person. Yeah, and it's a little that, bit. Right. That level a different a little level bit of, of betting. Yeah, right. You know, when you go on a dating app, it's uh swipe how you look and you hope for the best, I guess, right? Like yeah. anyway, my experience anyway has not been the best. But I do want to say all of the men that I have been set up with by my friends, you included, have been wonderful. They have been lovely men. It gives me pause in this moment to actually think, okay, it's not them, it's me. They are wonderful men. So there is, I am, I guess, essentially then self-sabotaging because of my unworthiness and how I'm feeling. Going out on dates, It's hard. I'm open. I'm going to say this straight up. I am open. I am listening. I am intrigued. I am interested. I am right. But every single time there's something not okay with this person, whether they want to get married right away, Mm -hmm. serious relationship, we just met for dinner. Yeah. Or there's issues or red flags that I see that, okay, maybe to do with my ex or maybe, you know, I'm not going to date just to settle, whatever. That's the thing is that you could be dating. I could be dating. You could be dating. There's there's one out there. Are there? (laughs) 
don't know. And I don't know where they are. Where are How these men? Men as a 52-year-old. Yes. I and now that I've like gone past the 50, right? Like put in your dating range. Okay. The your fifth- dating range being the men... Yeah, like I'm gonna, I would like to date someone between the ages of me personally, 50 (laughs) and 56, let's say. Okay. Pushing it. Yeah. Which at the same time is so stupid. It's so silly, but you gotta put some sort of, yeah. I would assume most men, the cutoff is 50. You know what I mean? Like once you're up in the 50s, the men aren't choosing you. Right. What are they? They're choosing 40 something. Yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't you? The men that you want are choosing younger women. Absolutely. Okay. We're assuming. I'm assuming. I could be totally off. We don't know. But so then I start to think, okay, there is clearly something wrong with me. So now even as a 52 year old woman, and thank you so much for the kind compliments of my appearance. When I'm out in public, nobody looks anymore. Nobody. Nobody looks and says, oh, wow, that's an attractive woman. Yes, you may say that. But now I'm starting to believe really deep down that's not the case. You're just being kind because you're my best friend. You love me. I see how you would believe that. Okay. Because nobody out there in my universe is looking my way. Nobody is coming to say, oh, hi, we're not even exchanging the glance. And let me tell you, I've worked my ass off on that glance. And it is hard because yeah. I'm assuming, oh, what if they're married? Oh my gosh, what if? Because I've had a very yucky ending to my marriage. Let's just say that for now. So you don't want to be that girl. I don't want to be that girl. So we were out and we were talking about my dating situation. So this is back to now. You think you would like to hear what your best friends say about you. Yeah. And I that terrifies me. Even though I know you guys love me, it's hard to hear about yourself. So you were thinking. I, you know, we went through all of this and everyone was saying, oh, are you afraid? Are you this? Are you that? Are you that? I'm not afraid of being hurt. That's not the issue. I'm afraid of being made a fool of. But you said something very interesting. You said, I think you are feeling that you're not worthy enough because of what my ex-husband did mm-hmm. for anyone to be interested in me ever again. I just wondered because I wish I could emphasize enough how absolutely incredible you are. Oh, and I know that I'm your best friend. <laughs> I get it. But nobody, nobody knows. with eyes to see would see okay, so this how is my beautiful point. you are. I don't. So then I think that lots of times it's a chemistry. It's a confidence. I'll tell you, you and I had a friend a while ago who was the most confident person that we know. Mm -hmm. This woman like Vogue standards would not be the picture postcard of beautiful, but she was beautiful. Yeah, she was. Right. Her body size was not your model body size, but she would put together an outfit and she would rock it and had this big part. And of course, even talking to this woman, Mm -hmm. maybe wouldn't say she was the most, I actually think she did believe she was beautiful. And I think that's why she was beautiful. Okay. So when she walked into a room, she could wear any outfit and yet women buy more of a magazine style. Yes. Beauty North American standard Mm -hmm. aren't as confident as this. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what is that? Does our interior make us beautiful? And so I ask you that question because I think with more confidence. I'm not not confident. Right. And it's real. And you're stable and I'm you're e- smart yeah. and you're right. So yes. it's my point of that is I want to know what your perception of me is. Like even having this conversation, it's interesting to me to know what your perception of me is. Because for me, I'm like, oh, maybe I didn't realize it. Or it makes me pause and think. Or it's like, oh, you know what? That's true. I need to fix that or I need to adjust that. 
I know not everybody is like that. I am a knowledge seeker that way. I am. I love learning new things, being able to, and new things about myself. I mean, the the journey of the last eight years, I have read every self-help, watched every, you know what I mean? Like, give it to you. Okay. So let me tell you a story. Yeah. Very early on in Michelle and my friendship, when she was still with her husband, Mm -hmm. they were friends of ours, mine and my husband. We were couples. They were across the street. We became really good friends. We would have evenings where you guys would come over, play games, we'd play poker or whatever. We'd do stuff, hang out. It was fun. And we played this game one night called Battle of the Sexes, mm-hmm. appalling game, truly. <laughs> it is a game where it's girls against guys yeah. and the guys get asked questions like brands of nail polish, right. certain makeup questions, brands, clothing brands, shoes, yeah. shampoo, hair product brands, all this kind of stuff. Then women get asked questions about sports, cars. It, it's so lopsided. Oh my goodness. Everything (laughs) wrong with culture in the last 50 years. Yeah. Right. In any case, I'm going to be honest. I was raised in the Mm seventies, eighties. I gender roles were very defined for me growing up. What was fascinating for me is that our husbands did not know the girl questions, but our boys did. Yeah. Yes. That's Our right. boys knew they nail polish brands yeah. because they were paying attention to their girlfriends. Right, right, and right, there right. was this culture shift. I heard you mm-hmm. responding to these questions about guy things that I really didn't know a whole lot about. Okay. And I remember your husband looking at you for some of the questions going, just not going to know this. Yeah. No, I only know it now looking back. Mm, it. Interesting. Okay. And you just answering these questions. Mm-hmm. And this is new in our friendship. So I'm looking at you going, who is this girl? I love her. <laughs> because you seemed so intelligent to me. Okay. Oh. You just seemed so knowledgeable and so nonchalant about knowing this information. Even when I was listening to you deduce some of the answers, you had enough knowledge about so many different things that you could deduce the answer. And I was fascinated by how wise you sued. Why, thank you. Never would have guessed that. See, this is what I'm talking about. I know. I don't know that I've ever told you that story. Never. You know, 10 years, 11 years into our friendship, Mm -hmm. I know you probably better than most. Absolutely. I love you and think you're beautiful because you offer all of these things. Okay. And see, again, the idea of it's not just how you look. I know how I look. I've looked like this my whole life. It's not anything new. It was just how it was. Thank you, mom and dad. Thank you, my jeans. Okay, I full on. But I didn't do anything to get that. (laughs) So growing up, I was made to feel, yeah, you're beautiful. So what? What else you got? So I had it given to me in a negative way. by other people Mm -hmm. my entire life. So I downplayed. So beauty, what's beauty? So hearing that story that you saw me as an intelligent or easy, confident, whatever it was, woman, never in my brain would I have thought of that. Because when you look a certain way, people just assume, oh, she has everything. Being able to hear from my good people, whether or not this would play out. but Which goes back to what I was saying about you being in the grocery store or whatever, and you're thinking that men are not looking at you no, because no. I want to say you seem unapproachable. When I'm going into the grocery store and I hate grocery shopping, however, I'm going in, I consciously say in my brain, I'm going to make myself confident and I'm going to smile. I'm going to look approachable. Yes, I wear my sunglasses. Yes, I'm on a mission and I want to get out of there. 
I'm consciously aware trying to make myself look like yes. I'm, but it's not coming across that way. No, but it does. So I, maybe I'm saying two different things no, because okay, yeah. honestly, Michelle, you are warm and approachable. And I do think that there is like a certain men that would look at you and go out of my league. And so they're not trying in any case, even if that weren't the case, this hard part about what it looks like to be dating in your fifties is this impossible topic. Yeah. I wish I had answers. Yeah. I wish I had answers too. I really do. I see others who have remarried or months, months or redate and dating like here, there and everywhere and loving it. Right. I know deep down, I've never been that person. I've never been a multiple dater. Yeah. I never have. However, the longer it goes and my perspective of myself not seeing anyone looking at me, it's like, okay, well, am I supposed to be alone for the rest of Is this it? And then you forget as time goes on, how do I be in a relationship with another human? Yeah. So then that comment that you made of, I think you're not feeling worthy of having another person is true. Yeah. For you to say that to me out loud, going back to the point of this, it made me go, okay, hold on a second right? That's true. I don't feel worthy. So for me, and why don't I feel worthy? Well, because of what my ex had done, right? Being together, we were together for 23 years. It was a blind side that I didn't see coming. And the divorce process and everything was a nightmare. It's, it puts me into that place of feeling unworthy. Mm-hmm. So that was a great thing to hear from one of my best friends. And I, I've heard this before because, I, I mean, there were four of my really dear friends at the same time as you. Yeah. Two yeah. of our close friends were getting divorced at the same, same time. time. Yeah. Three of them from their spouses having affairs. Yeah. Right. And so that was crazy. And so what I have also heard one of my other friends say was that it is the worst thing in the world to be treated this way by the one person who said they were going to choose to love you. Yeah, no matter what, protect you, keep you safe. Yeah, that and, once loved yeah. you and who you love so much or yeah. loved yeah. so much. Right. And, and then to be hurt yeah. and continuously hurt yeah. by that person. Yeah. I felt like I was being made a fool of. Tell okay. me about that. Yeah. Let me just talk about that for a second. We, you and I did talk about this a little bit uh, in the past on how you thought that it was strange. I don't know if that was the right word. What I just wondered was, would our listeners find it surprising that- Yeah, it sounded like I was more concerned about what people thought of me being made a fool of rather than the actual fact that my marriage was over. And I don't believe that that is how you felt. So I just wanted to clarify that for listeners. Okay. I wouldn't want anyone to think that that's where you put the value. Right. Okay. So let me explain. The ending of my marriage was devastating debilitating. I wasn't aware of what was happening when it was happening. Okay. And so I felt like a fool now, right? Looking back in hindsight, the fact that it ended so abruptly was so difficult. So I just want to clarify that the whole idea of being made to feel like a fool wasn't totally an external thing for me. It wasn't what others thought of me. It was more of how I felt inside. So I've always been a very private person. It takes a lot for me to open up and essentially expose myself and confide in someone. As you probably are aware, it took a long time for us, for our friendship to evolve into what it has become today. The fact that I was allowing myself to become extremely vulnerable with my person, my partner in a relationship was so difficult for me in the first place. Being so private now, as we're speaking here on this podcast, you're like, Michelle, you're literally exposed, right? It's 
yeah, it's insane to me. But anyways, so I've always had these walls up and never, ever really let a lot of people in. So when you let your person, uh, the person you marry or your partner, your life partner, and allow them to see you for who you really are. And then when the shit hit the fan, so to speak, all of my deep emotions, all of my who I am was being exposed in a negative way, which made me feel like a fool for allowing myself to be so vulnerable with another person. So it had nothing to do with what other people thought of me. It was how I was thinking about myself. So that is very important. And I need to really be specific about that. I think that many women have felt this in all kinds of relationships, whether it's a broken employment situation, whether it's a close girlfriend, whether it's a spouse. And then seeing people that I thought were my people take that side of my ex. Yeah. You know, in shock, you can't believe that someone is believing these lies, right? So if that can happen with the person who is supposed to love and protect you forever mm-hmm. and constantly told you that, the fact of if he can do it, someone else can do it. So it makes me question a lot of my things, of friendships, relationships, all of those things are stemming from that because I never used to be this person before. Right. Right. As time goes on, the eight years is approaching, it wears you down. And so yes, my confidence of feeling and my unworthiness and figuring out, does anyone actually think I'm smart? Do I have actually anything to offer another human being? So the fact that you mentioned the unworthiness for me was a great learning experience. Again, I don't know if others would take it as that. I don't know. But if I could create some sort of place where these conversations can happen. Mm -hmm. But it goes back to what we have been saying. It's finding your tribe and finding Mm -hmm. your people who will tell you the truth, who will be kind to you and who will love you unconditionally. Yeah. Again, challenging women to get out and find a tribe, even if it's just two people. Yeah. Yeah. So that you can have that feeling of safety. Yeah. And the thing is too, I know what your intention is. So that makes a difference. I know you're not going to say something to me that's going to intentionally hurt me. And again, I am the kind of person who takes the knowledge and learns from it. Mm-hmm. So right dynamic is also important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's an option to have that in your life, then I take it. And two, the last thing would be when you have friends in your life that are your long-term friends who have earned your trust, Yeah. then guard those relationships. Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Make time, carve out time. Any relationship requires you to put in the time and the effort to maintain and sustain that relationship. So- absolutely. Yeah. Ladies, if you have those ladies in your life, those women in your life, then drop them a text, give them a phone call. Go for a coffee, go for a walk. Yeah, stay in touch. Yeah, Make the stay effort. In touch. Yeah. Well, until next time, again, we're honored that you took some time out today to listen to us and we will catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for making time to be with us. This was Life Consciously Uncurated. We hope that our stories give you the permission to live a life that you want to live just as you are. Until next time.